Today, I'm speaking with the award-winning financial advisor, the founder of Endurance Financial, and the newly published author of Financially Fit Women. It is, of course, Amanda Thompson. Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online and build a business doing the work you love on your terms. Listen in for simple, doable strategies mixed with mindset tips and candid conversations with other entrepreneurs, all designed to help you turn your ideas into reality and share your passions with the world. Now, let's get into the show. From the boardroom of Australia's biggest banks as a leading financial advisor to qualifying three times for the Ironman World Championships despite health issues, Amanda Thompson has never been afraid of a challenge. For the past two decades, she has specialised in offering strategic financial guidance for individuals and businesses with complex matters requiring more than textbook advice. I connected with Amanda when she joined my membership, the Modern Marketing Collective, and I've had the delight of meeting Amanda in person at one of our member events. I'm in awe of not only Amanda's athletic abilities, but also her commitment to her work, helping women to become their own CFOs, which Amanda defines as confident, focused, and on top of their money. And in this episode, Amanda shares the strategies and the philosophies that she works with her clients on to help them to achieve their financial goals, whether they're just starting out in business or they are many years in. So without further ado, allow me to introduce you to Amanda Thompson. Well, hi, Amanda, and thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you. And don't you just look amazing for a new mama? <laughs> like I said, I have a really good webcam. It's a Logitech and it, um, yeah, it just blurs everything. <laughs> But anyway, Amanda, thank you, like I said, for being here. And I'm delighted to chat with you. You've just published your first book, which is just such a feat in itself. It's called Financially Fit Women. And um, I was just saying to you before we hit record, it's so practical. It's got all these, like you can actually fill in the book. And I said to you, I do love a practical book where you can take action and start implementing. So just first of all, big congratulations for such a huge, um, a huge project to see through to completion. And it was. It was a huge project. It was a huge learning curve and a huge challenge probably for myself um, personally, not for the content because that just rolled off the tongue, so to speak. But the the putting your name on a, on a book and words in print that can't be reversed now was a big thing. And also the the writing of the book is one thing and then the second part, of course, once the book is there, you need to tell people about it and get it out there. And I know that you said that you'd found that a little challenging as well. Oh, it's the same reason I sought you out the very first time is putting myself out there is not my strength in business. Numbers is my strength in business. And and I still have this problem with, um, you know, I, I back myself in the knowledge I have and I back myself in the service I provide, but actually getting out there and selling, so to speak, myself and letting people get to know me on these social media platforms is, is difficult for me. I would love to just tap into, first of all, around, you mentioned with the book, there was a lot of, am I accurate to say self-doubt and imposter syndrome and that type of thing. What helped you to actually get your book out there? 
Oh, and it is. And this is the thing is, is who wants to hear from me? You know, that was that, you know, and for me, I had to come back. I had to really reground myself and remember why I went into business for myself in the first place and, and what my point of difference was and what my passion was, my why. You know, a lot of people talk about your why and and my why was to challenge what I'd been taught in the financial services industry for so long on how to sell or how to provide um you know, financial advice. And it does come to that word sell because that's what I was taught and it's not what I believe. And so I had to come back to the why. And the why was to make it accessible and affordable. And that's what this book is for me. For me. And, and do you know what, if I can help one person, then I've done what I want to do. And you absolutely do. will. Oh my gosh. Now, um, Amanda, if we go back to the start of your business, talk to us about kind of the, I guess, the circumstances that led you to be even creating your own business in the first place. Oh, you've read the <laughs> I, I admit it to Amanda. I'm like, Amanda, I haven't finished your book, <laughs> but I've started. <laughs> you know, and I know you know this because I have read and not followed you for a time, and you know that either your heart's not there or you don't belong because your heart's not there to an organisation, um, whether you're appreciated, whether you're being discriminated against, all of these things. And for quite some time, I knew that when I was working corporate financial services, but like we do, we convince ourselves that it's worth staying. You know, for me, it was worth financially staying. And also my clients were so important to me and I was so young. I didn't want to lose those connections. And I didn't, I backed myself so much back then, even back then in the advice that I give, I didn't want my clients to have anyone else advising them because I knew they were getting the best. Um, But Maybe you could say fortunately an unfortunate event or a few events occurred to to me that made me just like, no, I need to take a good look at this. And I I landed myself with pure burnout of um, the most, nearly the most that anyone could do. And I'd had a heart attack at the age of 34, which I attribute purely to burning out from working too too much and, and giving my energy to places that didn't deserve my my energy. Um, And so that was the catalyst for me to say, no, I'm going to do it my way. I've survived this. I've got two young girls that I want them to grow up knowing their mum. And so that's how, that's how endurance really started was saying, I just don't want this anymore. And I, I say quite often when I'm doing my keynote speaking, no, not this, not now. And it was, that was the really one of the first moments that I was like, no, not this, not now. I'm going to do it my way. So getting into your own business, Amanda, and thinking of um, so many listeners that are in their own business too, what were some of the first things that you got set up with all the knowledge that you have to really make it a decision that you had, I guess, the best possible things in place to support you and for security um, as much as you can when you're going out on your own in your own business? I still preach exactly the same thing. It is one of those things that is do as I did, not just as I say. Um, and it was I, I did a I did a cash flow forecast and I did a business plan from the word go. So I knew exactly what I needed to achieve to make sure I wasn't putting my family at any financial risk. Because I was a single mum, two girls, I was responsible for everything that was going on um, financially in our family. And so I came up with this business plan that if I did it again now would be so more, much more extensive because of yeah. all the things I've learned. But I gave myself six months 
you know, I, I, and that was me. I set very, very measurable and achievable goals, but I also was committed to knowing that if it wasn't going to move, this was the time that I was going to flip back over while I was still employable and all of those things. And and I'm still in my own business, so I'm going okay. <laughs> Well done. Now, I actually want to tap into, for those people that might be listening that are like, I know maybe I've heard of this, but what is a cash flow forecast and does every business need one, no matter what their size is? Absolutely. You know, every business needs cash flow long before they need to worry about what their profit and loss is because cash flow is how much money you have in the bank to pay your expenses, but it's forecasting out, knowing what expenses are coming in, knowing how much revenue you need. And that's some of the goal setting is the revenue part of it. Because we know we set businesses up on the smell of an oily rag. Yeah, we can make businesses go on not a lot of money, but it doesn't mean you don't have personal expenses. So you've still got to get an income somehow. So unless you go into a business with your eyes open and an understanding of what it's going to cost you, because most businesses cost to start with, um, then you, you won't have an understanding of I'm going through some hard patches but there's light at the end of the tunnel and I'm going to take my opportunities when that revenue starts to come in. So it's really planning what's going in and out of the bank, not what I'm going to be getting paid from a revenue perspective of profit and loss sense. Absolutely. And do you find, Amanda, that perhaps a lot of the people you work with might have some of the more exciting or sexy things down pat? Maybe it's like they're a really good-looking brand and website, but you're like, hang on, people, come on. We need to do this more. um, It might seem more um, boring type of work, but without it, you're going to run the risk of running out of money to pay for things in the business and in your own life. Yeah, and then some of us don't have the great stuff, do we, as well? So for me, um, I knew I needed a website, but I didn't go fancy first, um, if that makes sense. And then I realised I needed something a little bit better as I grew. But I'm glad I did it the way I did because we all have our strengths and our superpowers and you've got to focus on that because that's Mm. what makes your money. Yeah. Yeah. If building website, a fancy website is easy for you, then maybe that's the job that you should be doing, (laughs) the business that you should be starting. So I think it's it comes down to that planning and and we all have great ideas. Honestly, I think everyone could go into business for themselves um, because we're all individuals and we're all got people that we resonate with or people that resonate with us, but you really need to understand where your money is coming. From. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's what I think is key, and so many people don't understand that. And the issue then that follows is pricing yourself, especially if you're a service-based industry. Mm. Um, really understanding how to price yourself, not just take say yes to everything to get money in. Yeah. So I'm passionate on that and watch this space because I'm going to start doing some more on that I think because I'm really starting to see a trend coming out of COVID we talked about Mm -hmm. COVID so much of why people started businesses and it was great and now they want to scale and they want to do things and yet they don't have this understanding of valuing themselves valuing their time understanding the duties that they take on in their Mm -hmm. business And so we jump haphazardly around Mm. and, you know, we don't put our prices up. I I ask people all the time, one of the simplest things I ask people is when you register for GST, which is a huge achievement for a business, what do you do with your price? Because Mm. if you don't 
put your prices up when you register for GST, you're you're essentially absorbing mm. 10%. And so you are actually um, reducing the value of yourself. Absolutely. So an interesting one. What else have you found, Amanda, with the clients you've worked with? That are some of maybe the the most common or easy changes that you help them implement in their business that help make such a big difference for them? Because I know numbers, yeah, the, the some of the simplest calculations of exactly what you need to make and how to yeah. even an hourly rate comes so easily to me, mm-hmm. but we forget to come to basic. So I'm really good at bringing business back to basic. Yeah. That, that's and, and I think that we forget to do that because mm. when we are business owners, we wear so many. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's really hard to come back down to basic on your own. So I was saying to someone, she she is such a better business person than me and I was talking to her the other day and she she is awesome. She owns five businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, it sounds like you need some hand-holding to realign your personal goals with your business mm-hmm. so you can figure out exactly where you want to go and how you're going to get there. And that's what I'm really good at mm-hmm. is, is kind of peeling back all of those layers mm-hmm. and getting some some figures there or even some templates to be able to review your business from a financial perspective mm-hmm. just to make sure you're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And I think that, like you said, wearing so many hats and so many things that we can focus on that often it is those fundamental things that can get forgotten about or we get them in place at the start and then we forget about them. Same with the marketing side of things too. It is, and you've got to understand your why. So for me, um, I, here's another one for you. I'm learning lots of little little secrets out today. I'm contemplating a podcast. I really want to do. A you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not my strong suit, yeah, uh, but I am. I, I want to be true to myself, and I believe there are so many money stories to be told that would give other people peace of mind, calm, lessons. And so for me, then what I will do is go away and think, okay, now I know to develop a podcast is going to cost me money. So why? My why is to help people, but I also don't want to help people at the detriment of my family. So then I have to say, okay, well, what's it going to cost me? And then what's my break-even? And we hear accountants run break-even all the time. Now, this podcast isn't necessarily going to make me money. If I do it, it might have Amanda brand awareness. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about marketing, and you might tell me different, you know, today, but the concept for me is, okay, if I take $5,000 from my marketing budget, if I've got and put it into my podcast, then I know I'm going to break even in that sense. So it's a different kind of understanding of what that break even is. What what goals do I want from exactly. my if I start this podcast? What are my success measures? Yeah. And they will eventually come down to dollars and cents, but your success measure won't be I make X amount from a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's knowing, I think, as well, the way I look at it is um like what is the purpose of that podcast? Is it, like you said, that brand reach? And then also, as you have maybe clients come to you or students join your programs, looking at um, where are those people coming from? How did they hear about you? And being able to track in some sort of way, okay, they heard about you from the podcast. That's a little measure that it's it's doing its job there with the reach. 
Yeah, so we, we I, I talk a lot about goal setting, but also bringing business goals back to self. So what are you? you well, tell me more about this, Amanda, yeah. because I know that I do the best um, in my business when I have really clear goals that I'm working towards. Yeah. And sometimes this might be a little familiar, I don't know, but when business is going fine, I kind of lose, okay, well, what am I striving for now? And, and, and I think it is coming back to that why, but tell me. <laughs> yeah, so it might be that you, so, so even that is that um, I'll give you the perfect example. I'll often ask my clients, what are your five most important personal goals? Yeah. And uh, I often will give my example of I want to travel overseas every year to do a triathlon and take my children with me. That's a big, it's a lots of words, yeah, but it's really, really important to me. And you can actually gain a lot of information about me just on that goal. Yeah. And one of that bit of information is that I've obviously grown up in a mindset of scarcity or um, not wanting to be extravagant. So therefore, most people might go, I want to go on a holiday, but no, Amanda's got to put a triathlon into it, which <laughs> so I obviously need to tick a box of a need to travel, not just a want to travel. And so that's this is some really deep understanding of who I am. But to add triathlon into that mix means all of a sudden my holiday cost is gone up. Yeah, but I know that that's something I'm striving for and it's a success measure of my business mm. if my business can fund that for me because that's important to me. Now, I'm getting older. It could be that I, you know, I'm going to retire comfortably as a very, you know, but but they're really big ones. But I had someone the other day said, Mandra, I just want to go on a date night with my husband every fortnight. That was a really important goal to her. She was just starting out in business. And we all know, especially as women, we're very selfless. We'll put ourselves last. So that date night has not achieved, not, not been happening because there's always more important things to spend business money on. And so that date night is really important so she has connection with her husband and away from the kids. But that date night for her actually costs money because they need to find a location but also they need to get babysitters. So we put a monetary value to that. And if her business can provide that each and every time, she knows that she's succeeding in business. Mm. And so by bringing it back to self is really important because you talk about in good times, good or bad, if you're run or you're driven by personal goals, it will actually help your decision-making and it can help your decision-making in terms of the clients you take. You know, you might get a client that looks like a quick buck, but it's not a quick buck that resonates with you. And so you might find that you'll not sleep at night because you're torn. And so by having personal goals, it actually makes you make very sound business decisions because you align it to your values as well. Makes so much sense. Yeah, I can see that, how thinking and just getting clear and taking some time to think about, well, what is it that I'm trying to achieve here? What is it that matters to me? What would be measures of success for my business that it allows me to be able to do? One of the members, Amanda, from um, the Modern Marketing Collective took her family overseas to Disneyland. And that was like a goal she set at the start of the year. Yeah, And you can imagine how that would just kept dr- driving her and it, and it kind of gave her that impetus to take action on some things that would be a bit scary or she would otherwise resist. Um, but she went ahead and did that and then made the profit in the business to be able to use that to take the family on holiday, which was so cool. And another really common one for small business owners, and I, and I speak from experience, mothers, yeah, is that we, we may want to work four days a week, not five, you know, and yeah. 
running your own business shouldn't be a seven day a week job mm-hmm. it can be in, on our minds seven days a week yeah <laughs> yeah we know that's true <laughs> we, we know that <laughs> time at the desk or time working yeah yeah um, or you might want to work only school hours yeah. you know so it's about what's important to you yeah. why do you want to work school hours because I want my kids to do sport and I want to be the one that drives them or I want to pick them up from school because that's trust me when you get teenagers that is the best time to spend with your kids the trip to and from school because they're at daddy. <laughs> I wouldn't give up picking my daughter up from the train station and the five minutes it takes to get home. She walks when she has to. But that five minutes is some of the best five minutes in my whole day because yeah. They're very raw, what's happened in your day and what's she thinking. Mm. And so, you know, to be able to say I, I want to block out my diary at 4 o'clock every single day could be a goal for me. Mm. But it means I'm losing time, so I've got to make sure, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Now I've got two questions, Amanda. One, um, the first one is perhaps people more at the start of this in terms of really understanding their numbers do they have to have a certain ability or skill or strength when it comes to understanding their numbers? And is it ever too late for them to start? Never too late. Uh, The answer to that is understanding your numbers is not being good at accounting maths or even liking spreadsheets. (laughs) Understanding your numbers is truly wanting to gauge where your business is at. If you can look at it from a different lens and say, just like the number of social media followers I have, understanding the numbers from what the revenue is, or more importantly, what what I'm benefiting from this business. So what my salary is, that should be the driving force. And I think the most important thing is a want for that. Yes. Yeah, a want for that will lead us to open our minds and hearts to attempting to understand something we may have not felt confident with. Mm. And one of the biggest things with small business owners Mm. is we are our own worst enemy. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be awesome at everything Mm. that when we are afraid that we're not, we think that that's a sign of failure. And that's where numbers sit for a lot of people is I'm just going to put a bag over my head and pretend this doesn't exist because if it is uncovered that I'm not good at numbers or the figures are no good, then I'm a failure. Mm. Whereas, no, it's just a starting base. And even if you aren't going as well as you think on paper, it means that we can work on it. Mm. So you, I think that that want to understand and want to better yourself. Mm. You know, we talk about, sorry, I'm on my rant now. We talk about. It's great. And I can so resonate with, I used to just be like, it was so uncomfortable for me to look at the numbers. I just resisted, resisted. Mm. And, and, and we forget that this is a really important part of life. It is one of the five biggest stresses mm. in life, funny. Yeah, money and the fear of money is in relationships, in our own mental health, all of those. Yet we don't look at it as personal development or personal well-being. We go off to the doctors, we go to yoga, we go to meditation retreats, we go and, um, you know, we we go and speak to counsellors for our relationships and things like that. But we do we really invest time and money in understanding one of the other stresses, which is money? Mm-hmm. And so I think 
getting to know your numbers is an act of self-love. There you go. I really do. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, but I understand that, Amanda, because it really is such a stressor. It can be, it can keep you awake at night. It can cause um, tension in relationships. So many things. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so therefore I'm trying and I'm still trying, I'm a work in progress as well. I'm trying to find all of these little opportunities to give people a way to alleviate that stress Mm. uh, at whatever price point or point in time they are at. It's really hard when you're in business and money to find Mm. the right product or opportunity for someone. But I've determined that I'm going to have all of these accessible things for people Mm. who really value money in their well-being, in their personal Mm. So good. Now, the second question here, Amanda, is those that are perhaps like, I've got this, I've got my cash flow forecast, business is looking pretty good, but they feel as though, or they want to take it to the next level. They want to go bigger. They want to make more revenue and more profit. Where do you start with people that that are at that phase? Are there certain um, core metrics you look at, certain questions you ask? What's your advice for those people? So again, it's it's actually really similar here, and this is Ooh. the good thing about business is that if we we've got to get the lens and look at our business, mm. and then you've got to forecast. Okay, if I scale, you know, it's a common word, isn't it? Scale. There's lots of there's lots of uh, courses out there, isn't it? Scale my business. Scale. It's a it's a common word, but what does scale mean? You know, is scale just money? Is scale your earning? full-time salary but you're only working three times a week so again it really comes back to what does scale mean to you do you want to buy a house for your mum and dad who knows what it is so you've got to understand what you're working towards and then you've kind of got to come back to this business planning section of well where is my business at and where I want to take it and so scaling for people who have started at the very beginning of this process is easier because they are so used to reviewing their business and their business numbers and their position description and where the opportunities lie to spend money to scale. Mm -hmm. But for businesses that have kind of just closed their eyes, they've got to come back to the basic again. But it's available for everyone. Um, And and we were just talking, I was actually just at a meeting before I got on this, talking about this very thing, is that small business owners that have been in business, let's say for three years plus, still need the same concepts that we talk oh about startup having. But it's not marketed the right way to them. So it's like, well, what do I do after three years? Yeah. After, well, how do I go back to figuring out my numbers if I've never really done that? And where yes. do I start and what do I do? And I'm in a lull, you know, or, yeah. you know, and I thought this would be bigger or I still don't feel as if, you know, I'm there. And and so that that's really... It's a, it's a missing link at the moment, I think, is because, and then you have to say, well, go back to basics. And, oh, I'm three years old. Exactly. Back to basics. Oh, I can resonate so much. It's because for me, I see it the same as, and sorry to bore everyone, but the same as marketing, because it's like we, as we grow and as our business evolves and as our business changes, we need to revisit and check that all those things that we implemented at the start make sense. 
our goals that we're tracking and our metrics that we're tracking, our message, is that, is that still on point? The, the offers that we have, do they all make sense together? Our content, our social media, our email, it's all, it's not necessarily these really different new things. It's just making sure we have those fundamentals and foundations and that we are doing them in the best possible way and that they fit the way that our business is, is now gearing towards. Yeah. Money and marketing are really closely aligned, yeah. So yeah. the audits you would do when you talk about yes. RMOs still aligned and things like that, if you want to scale, an understanding of your current state of play is the most important starting point because you might go, this particular offer gets X amount of traffic to it, it's making 60% of my revenue, yet I'm not spending as much time on that as I would. And then the conversation goes, if I spent more time on this, is that an easy way to scale? Mm. You know, so so an understanding of, that's why I say marketing and finances are really closely aligned because when you're talking about marketing and your business, you are talking about what you're offering and how you're offering it to mm. people. And it comes with different streams of revenue too, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. And, and you might branch up, you might have this amazing offering and think, okay, it's time to start a membership base mm. because I've got X amount of clients. So unless mm. you know your numbers, mm. so your numbers aren't just mm. dollar and cents numbers, see? It's numbers of clients and, mm. and what's the percentage of the return on investment in this yes. particular offer compared to others? So yes, exactly. Marketing and money, it could be a podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do together, Amanda? <laughs> well, so good. It's been um, so good to chat with you. As we go to wrap up, what haven't I asked that you would love, that you just want everyone to know or anything that I haven't asked you that you'd love to share? Oh, just just take a deep breath. I want everyone just to take a deep breath and, and take that jump into, into the financials of your business because honestly, they won't be as bad as you think. And if they are, it means you need help. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Mm. That's what I want people to know is there's there's no too early, too late. There's never a better time than right now. Mm. So good, Amanda. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm excited to go finish your book and fill it in, Financially Fit Women. Where can everyone find you, Amanda, and get their get their hands on your book? So easiest way to get my hand, my hands on my book, your hands on my book is um, www.endurancefinancial.com.au and you can access me there as well. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Amanda. It's always so good to chat with you and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking more soon. You too, sweetheart. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Emily Osmond Show. I would so appreciate it if you could leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Simply scroll down past all the episodes to where you find ratings and reviews. Tap write a review and be sure to include your name or business name so I can give you a shout out too. You'll find my latest resources at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. And remember, until next time, connection over perfection. You have got this and we'll speak soon.